today. I do believe that there is something that that God wants to 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 speak to us about. So if you don't mind, could you turn your Bibles to the book of First Samuel? First Samuel chapter fifteen. First Samuel chapter fifteen. And we'll be reading one verse, but it's pretty much the whole chapter kind of deal with the same thing, but we'll be reading coming out of verse 23. But before we read, can I ask a few questions? Do you know that many Christians are practicing witchcraft? Let me ask another question. How certain are you that it is not you? I mean, you might, you might say that, that I don't practice witchcraft. You know, I don't cast spells. I don't mix portions. But the answer is yes. Christians are practicing witchcraft. Yes, you may not be moving in divination, but Christians are practicing witchcraft. Let's look at the text. 1 Samuel 15, verse 23. And it reads, it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected thee from being king. You may be seated. From this passage of scripture, I want to deal with this, this question. Am I a witchcraft working Christian? Am I a witchcraft working Christian? Allow me to get this for a minute. When I asked the question before reading the text, I wonder how many of us insist that we are not witchcraft workers. I wonder how many of us thought of somebody else who we think might fall into this category of witchcraft working. But I want you to know today that this message is not about the person to your right. It is not about the person to your left. It is not about the person behind you. And it's certainly not about the person in front of you. Uh -huh, uh -huh. This message is personal. This message is about me, myself, and I. This message is dealing with that man 
In, in the mirror. This is not about mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest <laughs> of them all? But this is about mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I a witchcraft working Christian? You see, when, when, when we consider witchcraft, when we consider what the Bible say about witchcraft, in this particular text, it might surprise us to learn that what the world call witchcraft and what the Bible call witchcraft is not always one and the same. You see, when we think of witchcraft, we probably think of stuff like black magic, you know, conjuring the dead. Those are stuff that we think about. We think of evil and, and, and bats and, and witches and, and brooms and all that kind of stuff. We, these abominations are covered in the Bible. But witchcraft is not always so mysterious. Amen. You see, rebellion, word cursing, it works of the flesh. It all falls within the realm of, of witchcraft. So, so, so the question is, what is witchcraft? You see, witchcraft simply is a manipulation of the spirit to produce a certain result. When Saul... In 1 Samuel 28, verse 8, wanted to speak to, the, to the, the dead Samuel, he went to a medium to bring, up, bring Samuel up so he could speak to Samuel. So, so, so stuff like that, we understand that that is, that that is witchcraft. But it is everything that we do that goes against the word everything that we do that goes against the word of God everything that we do that is contrary to God we are actually practicing witchcraft you see, we are faced with choices on, on, on a daily basis, uh -huh. some of which we view as being more important than others because some are more impactful in the right now than others. Right. But every choice is critical yes, because every choice yes, yes. is connected to a series of events. that eventually is manifested in our lives. So, so one thing we can, we can understand from this that our choices plays a part in some of the things that are manifested in our lives. You see, the word of God, when obeyed, activates the will of God 
for our lives. When our lives are lined up with the principles of God, it, it brings to pass, it manifests in our lives things that God desires for us to have. Let's, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. It's, it says, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all of the nations. Verse 2, let's go to verse 2. He said, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Yes. Well, let, let, let's jump down to verse 15. Verse 15 said, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. But I notice there is one thing that stand out in those two passages of scripture. He said, it shall come to pass. He pretty much saying that you can take it to the bank. He's saying that whichever one we choose to put in motion, it's going to produce for us. Whichever one you decide to, to, to activate, whether you want the blessings or you want the curse, you are the one who's going to put it in motion with the choices that we make. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Let's, let's look at another one. Because we, 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 we often say, which is true, that God is not slack concerning his promises. But at the same time, we do things that goes against what he says, but at the same time, we want the blessing. But he promised you that if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And he also tell you that if you do the opposite, what is going to happen? Let's look at, let's look at the next scripture. You turn on me 30 verse 19. He said, I call, he said, this day, I call heaven and earth 
as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. When I read this text, it, it, it's telling me that heaven and earth doesn't have a choice in the matter. Right. It, it tells me that they have the responsibility to, 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 to produce. They have the responsibility to respond in a manner that bring into existence the things that we are instructing them to bring forth. Whatever we instruct heaven and earth, that's what he says. Heaven and earth is, is a witness against you. Heaven and earth is commanded within this text to bring forth what, you, what we dictate, what we tell you to bring forth. And we do it by the, how we, the choices we make. You say, if you choose to obey, obey me, if you choose to obey my word, heaven and earth have to bring forth the blessings. But if you choose to go against my word, heaven and earth is also going to bring forth something. It's going to bring forth the curses. It is set. And you have the choice to dictate what comes your way. But when we think about it, did God give us all that power? Did God really give us all that power? Yes, he did. If we only knew who we are. If we only know the power that is working in us. If we only know that our, what our choices produce. Right, right, right. Look what he said to in Matthew 16, 19. He said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bound will be bound. And whatever you loose will be loose. So my question is, what are we binding and loosening our lives. He said, I will give you the keys. He said, I will give you the power. And that was before he went to the cross because the cross and his victory allowed him to give us the power. So if we are a child of God, there is a power that is within us. If we are a child of God, there is a power that is within us to dictate what, what it is that we want to come our way. Whether it is the blessings of God or whether it is the curses. But, but, but how often do we approach our choices with this principle in mind? Saul the first king of Israel, find himself in this place where he was faced with a choice. The choice was to be obedient to God or to do what Saul 
wanted to do. You see, when, when you read the story, it tells us that God spoke to Samuel and, and told him to tell King Saul that the witchcraft of the Amalekites, it has pretty much came full circle because of what they did to Israel when they were on their way from Egypt. He said, he said now is the time when, when what they have sown, it was time for them to reap. So, so he told Saul to go and kill the Amalekites. He said, kill everybody. He said, kill animals and everything. But he also tells us that Saul disobeyed God. It tells us that Saul spared King Agog. And not only did he spear the king, but they also speared the best of the spoil. And, 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 and use this, this excuse <laughs> and, and say that we, we saved them so we can sacrifice unto our God. But, 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 but he didn't realize that God is not into sacrifice. You see, God, God is not impressed with, with sacrifice. What God really wants is our obedience. Because he also said obedience is better than sacrifice. But he said because you have disobeyed the voice of the Lord, because you have practiced some witchcraft, because you have manipulated the system, now coming to you, is something that you never intend to have in the first place. So, 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 so Saul disobeyed the word of God. But we got to understand this about Saul, that Saul was, Saul being king, has set in motion a family of kings from his lineage. So when Saul disobeyed God, God took the kingdom from him. But not only from him, but from his family. From his sons who would have been king after him. So not only was he affected, but his whole, now his whole family is, is, is effective. You see, things will sometimes seem logical in, in, in the moment. It, it, it sometimes, but, but eventually it will treat us like, like prescription medicine. That we, we see in the commercials, you, you can take one medicine because you're dealing with this, but, 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 but later on, you start experiencing a whole bunch of side effects. Before you know it, all these things keep on 
pumping up? This, you, now you have this? Now you have that? Where did all this come from? Where is all this coming from? But don't you remember when you took that, that medicine? Don't you remember when you took that drugs to kind of ease this that you were going through? Don't you remember when you did that? So, when, so in our lives sometimes, sometimes some stuff just start popping up. Stuff that, 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 that we don't want to have. And we forget that there were some choices that we made beforehand that has put in motion the things that are popping up right now. It's the principle of God. We can't get away from it. We can't get around it. 2 Samuel 12, verse 19 to 12. 2 Samuel 12, verse 19 through 12. This, in this passage of scripture, we see David. After David... In, in, in his attempt to satisfy him, his flesh, took Uriah's wife and, and, and had Uriah killed. He said, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight, thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Next verse, he said, said now therefore, <laughs> now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. Because thou hast despised me, I has taken and has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the son. You see, because of David act, David lost three sons. The first child that died for Bathsheba. His other son, Ammon, who violated his own sister, was killed by his own brother. Absalom, who killed his own brother, was killed by Joab. 
Absalom, yes, sir. Yes, sir. who had David running. for his life. You, David, what David did, when David committed that sinful act, when he disobeyed God, he is the one who put these things in motion. It was all as a result of what David did. All these things didn't just pop up out of nowhere. David put it in motion. You see, as, but as I begin to meditate upon this verse, I, I, I come to realize that Adam was the first witchcraft worker. You see, the, 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 the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it tells us that, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. He said, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely Die. Amen. He said, you won't, you won't, you won't get away. You, 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 you'll never get away with it. You shall surely die. In Genesis 3, verse 16 and 19, he also tells us what Adam's witchcraft produced as, as a result of going against God. He's, now he said, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conceptions. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Next verse, he said, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days. All the days of your life. We, he set it in motion. And we are experiencing that today. All because of the choices that, 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 that Adam make. And, and because Adam made this choice to go against the will of God and, and manipulated a system that, that God had in place. And man has been practicing witchcraft ever since. But, 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 the, but, the, but there's good news. Because it, it, it tells me that there was one exception. It, it, it tells me of, of Jesus, the, 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 the Lamb of God. It, it tells me 
about this man Jesus who was the second Adam. The Bible tells us that he was tempted by the devil. It tells us that he was presented with the opportunity to practice witchcraft. But it also tells us that he, he, he stand obedient to his father. But he also tell me that because of his obedience to the father, it produces salvation. But Hebrew 5 verse 15, it said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. But Romans chapter 8 verse 11 tells us that, but if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit who dwells within you. So my question is, if Jesus was tempted like we were, like we are, but yet without sin. And if our mortal bodies are equipped by the spirit, the, the spirit who dwells within us, why are Christians practicing witchcraft? If Jesus is Lord, why are Christians practicing witchcraft? If Jesus is such a loving Savior, tell me why are Christians practicing witchcraft? If we really understood what it costs, why are, are, are Christians practicing witchcraft? You see, we, find, we can find ourselves in the same position as Saul. You see, 1 Samuel 10 verse 9 tells us that Saul was given another heart. The Bible also tells us that whoever is in Christ Jesus... He is a new. He said, all things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. So my question is, why are, are we practicing witchcraft? If the same power that Jesus walk this earth with, that he was able to resist the temptation of the enemy. If that same power lives within us, why are we practicing this is what we do. 
we hide behind all things work together for good. We hide behind that part. Then we forget about the part where it talks about those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So while we are practicing witchcraft, Jesus is asking, do you love me? Because if you love me, you will keep my commandment. So, so while all things work together for, for, for good is a, is a true testimony to the grace of God. Because it also tells us that where sin abound, grace abound much more. But, 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 this, but this, we have to understand this. But we don't get to get away scot-free. We still have to deal with the consequences of our choices. He will walk with you through it because he will never leave you nor forsake you. But we still have to deal with it. So what consequences are we experiencing because of our witchcraft? Is it the wayward child? Because we did not train them up in the way that they should go? Is it the, 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 the broken marriage? Because we didn't love like God instructs us to love? Is, is, is it our financial instability? Because we, we, we waste everything that God ha has given to us? What consequences are we experiencing Right now, you see, some things are going to happen because this, because this is life. It, it, we, we're living in a, in a broken world with a broken system. Some stuff are going to happen. But I would rather live righteous and have the same experience as Job than have the experience of a soul. Amen. You see, I want everything that God has in store for me. You see, when we read the story of Saul, Saul reigned 40 years. But he was only anointed for two. Even though he reigned 40 years, how much did he miss out on? How much did he miss out on? Because longevity of life doesn't say, doesn't dictate whether or not we are reaping all the benefits that God has intended for us to reap. Forty years. Forty years. Saul reigned, but was only anointed For two. So, my question to you today is if you are a Saul, God is looking for a believer 
that is after his own heart. If you are a Saul, the Lord wants to be your good shepherd. If you are a Saul, he wants to lead you in the path of righteousness. You see, if we understand this principle and begin to take an inventory of our lives, if we face that mirror, that man in the mirror, if I, if I say mirror, mirror on the wall, am I a witchcraft working Christian? He might be surprised me to find out that all this time I have been blaming the devil for things that have been happening in my life. When I was the one who put in motion, when I was the one who activated the things that are coming my way, perhaps I will realize that I've been blaming a defeated devil. And perhaps I would realize how much victory I have in Christ. Perhaps I will realize the power that is within me to activate the blessings of God for my life. Perhaps I would realize We have the power. We have the ability to choose to be blessed. But you can also choose the curses. So my question is, which one will you choose? You see, God wants to bless his children. As pastor would say, he wants to bless your socks off with your shoes on. But you determine that. I determine that. With the choices that I make. Do I choose to obey the word of God? Or do I choose to continue to man manipulate the system? Do I choose to continue to practice witchcraft? Because they both produce, they both produce blessings or curses. So my question today is, which one are you choosing? The power is in your hands to choose. So I hope that you, today you will make a choice to be obedient to the word of God. That we may get the blessings that God have in store for us. The ball is in our court. It is in our hands. Which one will you choose? God bless you.